0: Now, nothing had changed out there, but everything changed here. You see, the way you change others is, don't even try, you change you. The way you change your circumstances is change you. The way you do things better is become better yourself. That is the key.
1: Welcome to The Ziegler Show. I'm Kevin Miller. We all want purpose. We want to be of value to others, and we want to experience abundance in our lives. Zig Ziglar was the master of personal development, and he said, you've got to be before you can do and do before you can have. What does that mean? You must start by being the right person. That's our goal here, to inspire your true performance so you can be the best you possible and go conquer the world. In this show, we hear a message from Zig Ziglar on a tough circumstance that created negative results and how it was turned around only by changing attitude and perspective. And when attitude and perspective change, actions and behavior change, and of course, so do the outcomes. And so that's what he tells a personal story about. It's a really powerful message, folks. From it, I ask this question on Facebook. What is something in your life right now you have been blaming? And if you let go and took responsibility for your own feelings and actions, would be freeing. Uh, Asked people to share, and of course, they did. It was tremendous. I had Michelle Prince join me to talk through the responses. I think you're gonna get a ton from this show. It's something we all deal with and it is a game changer. So we'll start off with Zig's message right after I share some great resources with you. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled-in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely.
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
1: Okay, friends, here is a, it's about a three-minute message from Zig Ziglar, then we'll get into the Q&A session.
0: Difference the words and attitudes make? I was 25 years old. I was the youngest divisional supervisor in the 66-year history of a very large cookware company. When I was promoted, I immediately encountered difficulty. Now, in direct sales, the field manager is the key because they're in daily contact with the troops. They do the weekly sales meeting. They do all of the training sessions. And I had four field managers. In that first month, one of them had a heart attack. One of them cut his big toe almost all the way off. He was in the hospital 20 days and on crutches for the next three months. The third one uh, had an integrity problem and his people lost confidence in him and they quit in droves. The fourth one had been promoted prematurely because there was no one else available. The fourth one had been promoted to take my place out of that organization and a division that was going gangbusters one month was going kaput the next month. Some of my Friends started the rumor that the company was very unhappy with me because uh, I just couldn't cut the mustard, as we'd say in those days. I couldn't handle this bigger job, this bigger responsibility. Now, you're talking about a pity party. Old Zig had one, protracted one. Uh, you know, I was muttering, you know, it's not my fault. I didn't have anything to do with that heart attack. I didn't have anything to do with cutting his toe off. I didn't have anything to do with that inexperience. I didn't have anything to do with that integrity problem. I'm the good guy. Why are they trying to crucify me, you know? And business kept getting worse for some strange reason. Walking down the streets of Knoxville, Tennessee, I saw a book in the window. It's called The Power of Positive Thinking, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale. I picked that sucker up. I said, boy, if anybody ever needs to be a positive thinker right now, anybody that needs help, boy, it is me. And I devoured that book, which Dr. Peale had taken the time to write expressly to me and for me. Every page, almost every paragraph, he said, now, Zig, now, Zig, <laughs> Zig, Zig, over and over. No, I was astonished that he had been able to personalize it to the degree that he had. And he agreed with me completely. He said, you're right. You're not responsible for that heart attack. You're not responsible for the integrity problem or the cutoff toe or the inexperience. You're not responsible for any of those things. But, Zig, you are responsible for you and your attitude. Now, quit your griping. Put your imagination to work. Start thinking, how can you capitalize on this? How can you make it an asset instead of a liability? I'm here to tell you there was a dramatic turnaround. Now, nothing had changed out there, but everything changed here. You see, the way you change others is, don't even try, you change you. The way you change your circumstances is change you. The way you do things better is become better yourself. That is the key.
1: All right, there you go, folks. Classic Zig Ziglar and a life-changing perspective. So again, from this message, I posted a question on Facebook. And hey, I invite you to join these weekly conversations by friending me personally at Agent K, as in Kevin, Agent K Miller. Uh, The question I posted was this. What is something in your life right now you have been blaming? And if you let go and took responsibility for your own feelings and actions, it would be freeing. Well, you'll greatly appreciate the comments. So here I bring you Michelle Prince, who joined me to read and talk through them. Well, Michelle, this issue of blame and responsibility is one that I think from an intellectual standpoint, it's so easy to nod our heads and say, you know, of course I take responsibility. And yet we all have. Areas in life where relation with relationships or with circumstances where we're wronged or we're we're literally a victim and we can't change that and to try to Pollyanna it I think is where people get frustrated to say no that that happened that is wrong I am I am you know physically mentally whatever emotionally hurt by that so it's not to Pollyanna it but we also know to be over there and just to embrace that issue makes us a victim and is is and and, and uh, what's the word unempowers us. Uh, <laughs> And and then we're stuck. And so that's what we're talking about. But I mean, I I know you see this, you you know, in your own life and with people that you're working with every single day, it's such a gigantic, very real issue that we either uh, overcome or, or we're overcome by it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I can think of so many different examples where, where people it's, it's easier to blame someone than to take responsibility, right? It's easier to say, well, I'm not successful in my job because I have a horrible boss or, you know, I, I didn't get the training that I needed when, and then that very well could be true. It's, it's also, but ultimately your responsibility, right. To, to seek what you need and to mm-hmm. do what you need. And so, um, you know, I, there's so many different times in my life. I have felt that way, either victimized, but then realizing, well, wait a minute, ultimately this does fall on my shoulders. So I need to take responsibility.
1: Well, yeah. And you know, there's, there's the issue. I think so many people rightly so feel such a sense of justice. And if something is unjust just to go past, it feels like it's going to enable it. You know, that's, Mm. that is, I I know it, it, it harms people a lot. And it's also, yeah, as you said, I know in my own life, I feel like I don't tend to put blame on people. I want to be responsible for myself, but there are, I'll find little issues where, I'm using it as a cop out to not step up and do what I need to do. Cause I, you know, cause it's hard because of whatever, either way, uh, yeah. it just, it, yeah,
2: it reminds me of something my mom always said when we were kids and I hated it when she said it, but it does make sense is two wrongs. Don't make a right. Meaning just because somebody wronged you does not mean that gives you the right to, to do the same thing. Uh, what comes to mind when I think of that is, you know, how many times have we been driving mm-hmm. and somebody cuts you off? And, you know, the first instinct is to get mad and angry mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe pass them real quick and try to cut them off. Of course, I'd never do that. But, oh, um, of course. Of course. <laughs> and I know you wouldn't either. But you know what I'm saying, yeah. though? It, it, it kind of it, it brings it out in you that you do want to to get mad and and blame and, but, but as mom said, two wrongs don't make a right. (laughs) It
1: doesn't. Well, so here are some very real candid responses, comments that people left on Facebook when I wrote this. And I so appreciate this because, uh, you know, on Facebook admittedly, and I'm part of this, you know, you want to answer the questions that have to do with your success. You don't want to say, yeah, I'm struggling with this right now. Uh, and yet so many of us are struggling. So thanks so much to the people who commented. So I'm going to read through a couple and just, uh, get your take on them here, Michelle. So Colin Martin, he says for me, uh, the obvious answer is wait. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes. I was morbidly obese and was digging my grave with a fork, knife, and spoon. Uh, wow. I, I took ownership of that and started a diet and exercise program. That was a daily commitment. I lost the weight and my blood sugar's normal and I exercise regularly and joyfully. I couldn't blame anyone but me for being fat.
2: Wow. Well, first of all, good for Colin oh to have gosh, that mindset. Yeah. And especially if, you know, obesity tends to run in families. So, you know, that would be a very easy thing to say, well, I'm just this way because my mom was this way or my dad was this way or you know, I'm big boned or whatever excuses we come up with. So good for him for owning it.
1: Absolutely. And I think with, again, a lot of these things we do have, gosh, I I interviewed, um, well, you know what? It hasn't even posted yet. Lori Harder, her her interview is coming up and she's a, a fitness, you know, personality and celebrity. And yet she came from an upbringing of a family who was obese and, 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 you know, food was their medication for life. And, and she finally realized I need to get out of that, but it was so much harder for her. And, you know, we got other people who grew up in fit families and yeah, we do have, it makes it harder. It makes it harder. We're all, uh, you know, on the same journey, but we do have areas where it's going to be harder for you. And so for Colin to overcome that, uh, is, yeah, that, that's huge. I mean, to to make a change like that is gigantic, but I like that. I took ownership of that. That's that's what we're talking about is taking ownership, even if we are a victim, which, again, we're going to get into here real quick. So Lisa Castone here, she and she actually gave two posts, and I'm going to read them both. Uh, the okay. first first one here, she did talk about weight again. She said, I've been blaming my weight gain and lack of activity on the twins. She had twins. I mean, if you can't blame that, what can you blame, you know? <laughs> I worked very hard after my gastric sleeve to change my diet and lifestyle and lost 120 pounds. My lowest weight was 160, which was great for me and my doctor, Uh, but I'm hanging out now at about 210, uh, five five months post-baby. I work from 630 to 3 and am very busy with my school and my family. My excuses, uh, they're my excuses for not being active. I need to, and she has it in quotes, woman up. And get back in the game and stop making excuses. I need to be as committed as I was five years ago and the weight will come off and my health and spirits, uh, will, will improve. Oh, well, yeah. You know, she talks about the commitment that she had five years ago. And and my thought was, you know, with this is wondering for Lisa, what is the, what is the goal? What, what is the, what is the why behind it? Mm -hmm. Um, Cause we see that, you know, so you get overweight and to talk about this issue again, but I think a lot of times we think, gosh, I'm overweight. I should, but what is the real goal? I should. Why? What's the, why? I think a lot of times me included, I don't tend to voice that. And when we don't have, you know, this, if we don't have that clear, it's just too easy to fall off the bandwagon.
2: For sure. I mean, what's going to get you out of bed when it's really cold or rainy outside? You can put your shoes on and start walking unless you have a very strong internal why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sounds like she did have that five years ago. So for her to find that again would be the key. But what also goes through my mind, and I love that she's taking ownership because like this whole this whole show is about you have to. It's our responsibility But somebody told me this after I delivered my second child and I gained, I gained a lot of weight, Um, a lot of weight for me that I didn't want to gain. And I had a really, really hard time losing it the second time around. And somebody said, you know, and I think I was about five, four, five, six months into after post baby and being really down and discouraged and kind of depressed at the way I looked. And somebody said to me, you know, it took you nine months to get that way. Give Mm. yourself at least nine months to make changes. And she had twins. So I'm not saying you get 18 months, but, but give yourself also a little bit of, of just a little bit of love (laughs) because you know what, you're not going to just instantly lose weight just because you lost, you know, the babies came out. There's, there's a process and it did take you nine months to get that way. So uh, a little bit of grace with yourself, but with that plan and that clarity of why you want to lose it, the two together will absolutely give you the success you want.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, and, and I live in the health and wellness world and, but I'll tell you, I am ever more convinced and, uh, daunted by the reality of food is a drug. It is our main drug. I, I did a, a three day, uh, complete fast here recently. And, and part of it was to let my body reset, but I also just kind of wanted to check my psyche And I was, I was disappointed, uh, honestly, in how much I just wanted taste. I wanted Mm. food. I wanted taste on my taste buds. And at the end of it, I didn't have some spiritual enlightenment at the end of it. I was just hungry and looking forward to eating period. Mm. Uh, And I I was disappointed by that. I mean, you know, that is our drug. And then on the other side, we live in such a a culture that does not need physical activity. None of us need Mm -hmm. to be physically active to survive. It's just, it's just not necessary. Or they did in years Uh, Decades past, centuries past, we needed to do that, but now we don't. And so, to make ourselves do that is often hard. I will say that I see the two go hand in hand. The people who are the most successful are the people who do both eating and exercise. It tends to—I'm not a scientist, I'm not a data guy—but I just experientially they go together uh, and feed on each other. So I would I would put that out. But I think I say that just to put out there on the table: it is difficult. Food Mm -hmm. is a massive drug. I think the most I think it's the most hardcore drug we, we have. Um,
2: I agree. And looking, especially in the States with the obesity rates and everything, I, I think you're right on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Food we want and exercise. We really don't, and, don't uh, want, <laughs> <laughs> And So, so gosh, huge kudos to you guys. Well, I'm going to go on with Lisa though, because she posted this. She said uh, on another issue, and this is a very real one she's dealing with right now. She said, this is the victim mentality in my role as a risk manager, myself and others in the department tend to play victim to poor leadership. In the past few months, I've made the commitment to no longer have that mentality. I will proceed with my role. With my high expectations of myself and those I work with, despite what is allowed and promoted by department leadership, I've taken it a step further and have also decided that I did not need to stay in a role with poor leadership and a toxic environment and started interviewing. I received my first offer for a nursing leadership role last night with a second one pending. No more victim equals breaking those change. Somebody's changing their life in a significant way right here or, or taking it back either way. I don't know Lisa's full story, but my gosh, those are both talk about something feeding on each other. She's working on her physical life now in her, her career and mental life. But that one right there, I mean, you, you've got more, um, Well, you've got more, anybody has more experience than I do in the corporate world for the most part, but you definitely do Michelle. I mean, to speak to what she's talking about there, where she is trying to make changes with herself and and it sounds like coworkers under some management leadership that is toxic is is what she says. That's, that's hard.
2: That was the word, exact word I was about to use. Um, Yes. Being in corporate America for so many years and, and look, I'm not saying corporate America is bad, but there are some, some cultures and environments that are just uh, they're, they're accepted and, and it is very toxic. And one of them is the complaining and I see it at all levels. It's just, you know, every employee is always complaining about their boss, you know, or whoever's above them, of and, but not taking the responsibility. I mean, like she said, she's looking for a new job. If you hate your job that much and you're blaming your boss or your coworkers or the leadership or the company, you know, just isn't doing this, that, or whatever for you. Well, the, you have to answer yourself two questions. Did you accept the job? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Willingly you took the job. Maybe you didn't know those things, but now that you're in the job, you have a choice. I mean, everything is a choice. Now I'm not saying it's easy because I, I, uh, it w- it's been 10 years ago that I, I wrote my first book and I kind of started my business and I had to make a decision. Do I stay in corporate America or do I follow my passion? And I'm not going to say leaving a job that is comfortable or that gives you a salary, you know, that puts food on the table is easy to walk away from. But start looking around. I mean, if, if, if it's if it's not bringing you joy, if it's not, giving you know, pro- producing fruit in your life in some way then there's probably another opportunity somewhere else that will be. But but ultimately, I love that she pointed that out. It's ultimately, no matter how poor the leadership, it's still her responsibility to make a choice what to do about it.
1: Yes, and I, I so appreciate that she's taking steps to try to deal with it where she is, but also looking at options out there. What if she goes out there and finds three, four job offers, opportunities, and then... Uh, you know, so often do you hear this, then they go back in and say, Hey, I'm going to quit here. And somebody renegotiates with them. And there's so many opportunities come by having options. So just goodness, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing this uh, from the heart. That is an inspiration to me. And I know it will be to a lot of people who will be hearing this. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Yahoo Finance dot com. Uh, Steve Rosen. So Steve has gotten real well known. He is a social media guru and just sharing his own. He's a fitness instructor, but has done a dramatic amount of sharing on his PTSD. That's really a platform that he shares from because that's where he's from the military and and has had a lot to deal with and is uh, really influencing a lot of people. So he says, I had a massive healing breakthrough once I accepted that it wasn't my fault. I was deeply hurting, but it was my responsibility to heal and overcome. I still have my moments, but I'm much quicker to get out of blame mode and look at what I am responsible to take care of. Taking charge of my mental health has changed my life in so many positive ways. And the guy shares daily his journey and what is interesting I think what has drawn people to him is he'll come up the next day and say man this morning I woke up and today I am massively dealing with blame mode I'm in it right now I don't have any Pollyanna statement I'm I'm struggling end of story, you know, boom and, and goes on and to try. And that's, that's the reality. Cause we all want to say, Oh my gosh, we had the epiphany. Uh, we got, you know, we got the knowledge, we got it. And so now boom, we've overcome smooth sailing from here and we've arrived. And yet we know that that's so seldom the truth and, and him sharing that is, uh, again, it's, it's really, uh, impacting a lot of folks. I think, uh, uh some are, it's almost hard for them to see him being that open about it.
2: Oh, and what a topic that needs to be talked about openly, hmm. um, you know, mental health, anything that we're dealing with, you know, I, I, there's a fine line between, you know, being positive and looking on the bright side of things, and then also being, um, you know, not not being authentic. And and so I think that's probably why Steve is, people are so drawn to him, he's, he's being authentic, he's saying the things that a lot of people are thinking, but they're not necessarily saying, and especially when it comes to how you're feeling or um, you know, I think of, uh, and, and I don't know his backstory, but but I think of people who have been through abuse. And this is a perfect example of somebody who has every single right to blame somebody else for for what's happened. In fact, I was just at a conference this last weekend, a Joyce Meyer conference, and she talks a lot about that. Uh, she went through some, some serious abuse as a child. and And she, like so many other people out there, have a choice. You know, do you keep holding on to it, let it just ruin your life, you know, keep that bitterness in you. Or do you, do you consciously let it go? Consciously forgive. I think a lot of the whole shifting on blaming, depending on what it is, can be related to forgiveness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and walking away. But we, we just, we benefit 10 times more when we take the responsibility and and just say, you know, regardless of what happens to happen in the past from now on, this is how I'm going to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And then we get all the upside when that happens, you know?
1: Well, it, and you've got me on that to thinking, you know, at some point we're talking about a habitual way of learning to deal with something that whether we can get rid of it. We can you know, forgive and we really don't have that feeling or whether we're talking about a circumstantial thing or a relational thing that happens consistently that, that uh, that we don't ever get over or get away from. We just learn how to deal with it better. I'm, I'm reading some books with some of my sons. Just, they wanted me to, they've got some really cool adventure books to are reading, wanted me to have context with them. So I'm reading these books and a lot of it is about a young boy and how he comes up in training and, and, and fighting, you know, swords and arrows and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, about that, something you said made me think about that. That you know, so many of us in our lives, in relationships, in circumstances, and in, in our past, whatever, we've got some hurts that are going to continually come back to us. Or we may be dealing with them uh, tangibly daily. And I think in this whole personal development world, we get the concept that we just overcome it, man. It just doesn't bother Mm -hmm. me anymore. I am just beyond that. And we have people in that, as opposed to thinking, you know, maybe those people get the same thing. Well, get back to this, this, this fighting training that is in this book where, you know, day one, the sword comes at you and it, it hits you. You can't even get out of its way. You know, day two, you're learning how to get out of the way quicker and day, you know, six months down the road, man, you are quick and boom, you just defend that thing, but it's still a sword. It's still coming at you. It's still dangerous. And you are just creating a habit of dealing with it well so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt you. And I think so many people like Steve represents people. He says, no, I, I have that sword come at me every single day. I am just growing in how to deal with it every day. I'm not beyond it. I'm not away from it. And I don't know that his goal is to say that I will never have PTSD or a bad thought again in the rest of my life. I think he's more taking the step of, I may have it again, 40 years from now in the morning, just like always, but man, I deal with it like that. And then I go on and success happens in my day. It's different mm-hmm. than this whole feeling again of I've overcome it. And now it's just, I'm beyond that, man. I have Everything's no, perfect. no <laughs> worry, yeah. no worries, no fear. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> not reality.
1: Not reality. I think, I think not. Well, Steve, man, thank you as always for sharing so openly. Uh, Tim here, he says he has, he had leg, bra- his, what he blamed leg braces at the age of three, two tests uh, testicular surgeries by the age of 12. I blamed my circumstances and, and he has in quotes, ran from the truth, ran from, ran from my truth for years. It is, and was a part of my story. Now at 50, I have clarity and peace because I now see how God used these and still does. Uh, You you know, that's, uh, that's interesting because we're talking about something that happened in childhood, which how, how relevant is that for so many people? Something that did happen to us. He was a, victim in this scenario, not of a person, but just of circumstances of I mean you could take it to was he a victim of God? Did God allow this? Well there's doctrine and theology that for all of us to contemplate. But either way it happened to him. Here he is and he he talks about this so much and he's responded to us before. And he's at age fifty, this is a long time later, of still seeking clarity and peace to get past that blame.
2: Mm, wow. I mean, that, that's an incredible story. I don't think it's, there's probably so many people listening that can relate in some way, you know, something that they're just not willing to let go of it because, you know, it it, justifiably, you should blame somebody or something or some circumstance or, you know, whatever happened, but, but what good does that do? You know, it just, it just keeps you there. It's kind of that, do you respond or do you react? do you react and just let it change your life affect your life for the worse or do you respond and say you know what yeah this happened i didn't want this to happen but kind of like what tim said god is use god used that as part of the the, the bigger purpose the bigger plan um, it's hard to get that perspective though when you're in it
1: mm-hmm. so i mean,
2: my hats off to tim for having the ability even if it did take him you know years to do that but we're all have we all have something that we can think of probably that we're just so holding on to
1: That We're still holding on to. Yeah. And taking that, you know, with something like what Tim's dealt with, I'm, I'm hearing more and more content these days on taking something like that. Yeah. Again, not Pollyanna in it, not, not justifying it and even, but just saying, what has that, what does that enable me to do that? I wouldn't be able to otherwise. And there are people that have had, honestly, most of the people that we interview here on the show, I would say the vast majority of them have had some pretty hard circumstances early in their life that they now see as, but because of that, It has enabled me to do X, Y, Z. And those people, there's not a whole lot of people achieving great things who did not have some place of trial in their lives. That's what strengthens us. That's what gives us wisdom. That's what we generally learn from most. But if we can look at it again, not try to make it sound great, but to say, hey, but it did allow me to understand X, Y, Z that now I'm able to do whatever with.
2: And just to add to that, Kevin, I I just feel like, you know, by. By sharing that with other people, I mean, the, the you're inspiring people. It, the, the stories and, and the people like, you know, on the podcast or, or those that we're attracted to, it's because they have overcome something, but they're sharing their story. And because they've overcome something, it gives hope to somebody else mm-hmm. who may be, still be struggling. So there's a purpose mm-hmm. on both sides. So you may yeah. still be dealing with it. and But then once you do overcome it or or put a plan in place to every single day work on overcoming it, by sharing what your your journey has been, what Steve's doing, and that's how you give people hope. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. There's two sides to that.
1: There is, Tim. Thank you so much. Well, here, Robert uh, or Eagly, uh, he says, for me, uh, it's being stuck on a night shift for 14 years. I'm sick of it. My body is sick of it. I don't have energy. I have a bathroom that I started remodeling a year ago, and it has been at a standstill now for nearly as long due to lack of time and energy. I want to change careers and be a programmer, but time and energy and balancing family, keep that ambition at a standstill. Going back to school at this point seems impossible, period. So this is somebody who posted, Robert, uh, he's in that place of blame right now and admitting that, which is gigantic. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had somebody this week who's a listener just message me directly on Facebook asking for counsel. He says he works 14 hours per day, seven days per week, and is struggling to start something different on the side and was asking me my input. And, and I felt like, you know, the, the gut reaction is, Hey, you know, buckle down and, and do what you got to do. And and yet I came back kind of like, it's my thought with Robert, I don't have a great with a, sometimes the math just adds up and there's not a whole lot we can do with it. When you're doing that many hours per day for that, uh, you know, seven days a week or in in Robert's case, you've been doing this night shift for this long and and it's hurting him. Is there a way to just inspire our, that's the question, Michelle, you know, that is our way. Are we supposed to just buckle down and inspire ourselves out of it, strengthen ourselves out of it, uh, willpower our ways out of it, uh, or, and, or, you know, are there some times when we've just got to make a change, like kind of like a surgical strike, yes. you know, to that degree. Again, there's, I know I don't have the answer. I don't know that you do Michelle, but <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I don't know a- that I do either. Um, I, I feel like I've been there before though, too. You know, um, sometimes being stuck is, is a physical thing, but sometimes it's a mental thing. It's, it's, it's what we tell ourselves. It's, it's the, the, you know, limitations we put on ourselves until you have a different thought or a different belief that you can do something different. You really, you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Um, but for Robert, what what went through my mind is, as you were reading that is one, if that's the job that he's in, you know, what, what if that job went away? Exactly what I was thinking. What would you do?
1: Yeah.
2: And then do that because, hopefully that doesn't happen. Likely you're in a job you don't like probably because of the money, but let's just say, God forbid it went away. What would you do? How would you, how would you make ends meet? How would you start over and maybe kind of start thinking of it that way? Um, I know for me, when I was making small, small changes, I had a full-time job traveling full-time and, you know, young kids. So I was really busy too, but I, I would also do things in tiny increments. So over my lunch break, I worked in, in in an office, but on my lunch break, I take 30 minutes and I go out to my car and I'd start writing mm-hmm. or, you know, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes there. I, I don't have a great answer for it other than there is always hope, though. There is always something different. And sometimes it's a matter of getting a different perspective or a different group of friends or a different, you know opportunities around Um, you just to see them
1: well in like lisa castone who who we talked about above who's in this uh she called it the toxic work environment making steps to make things better there but in the meanwhile she's applying elsewhere i mean robert for you to be stuck Uh, for 14 years, that's a long time. Um, and at some point, yeah, just like you said, Michelle, that's where my thought went too. imagine that the place shut down or there was a merger where you got, you know, you got laid off in being sick of it for that long. I'm surprised you haven't gotten laid off, honestly, because generally that feeling will ebb into our work. We won't do as good a job as we had, uh, as we could. But yeah, if you imagine what if that went away, what would you do? Uh, you probably would not end up homeless on the street. Something would happen. Can, so as you said, Michelle, can you do that right now? And further, I'll say that if that happened, you will not be able to make as wise of a choice as you would now, if you proactively go after something else in the meantime and initiate that again, just as Lisa, uh, attested to, so boy, I hurt for where you are at, but to be frank, nothing's probably going to change unless you change it. And I would highly encourage you to take the proactive approach of going after it and changing it. Because if you wait, either you're going to end up stuck there for the rest of your life or something will, you finally will not be in the, doing the job that you need to do and you'll get let go or something will happen and you're going to lose that. And then you're scrambling and the chances are you might end up with something worse. Uh, So I, yeah. One
2: thing I was just thinking of the fact that Robert that you posted tells me though, that you are maybe on the break of a change Mm. and obviously you want a change. And that's the first step. How many times are we just in a, a bad situation and we don't have enough desire to get out of it. So it sounds like you would not have posted that if you didn't have that desire. So that's the first step. What I, you know, just keep moving forward and keep trying to find different little opportunities Um, there's always a better plan. There always is a better plan.
1: Absolutely. You know, you you talking about your lunches and putting some effort in there in the past, Michelle, I wonder about for you, Robert, to get somebody, uh, find somebody to give you some counsel, some mentorship, take somebody out to lunch who you, revere who you, who you're inspired by and share with them and get a different perspective, get around some people. I I mean, I, I, assume that, yeah, with what you're talking about being in that job, those, your surroundings are the people who are also in that job and probably not super inspiring. Find some other people. You will be blown away at the paradigm shift that you will receive by being people, uh, with people who see things differently, who are living a different inspired life. Um, yeah. Go after those folks. Gregory Byerline here. He says, I blame myself for a career move that led to additional corrective moves, somewhat of a broken road or a road less traveled. So I'm grateful for risk taken. Sometimes though the self-blame creeps up taking responsibility for that self-blaming decision is really the only reason I'm still doing what I do instead of wallowing that in that self-pity and self-blaming scenario. I ultimately accepted that time as part of the broken road or the road less traveled or play your current hand and continue down the road and continued playing the card game of life. My sanity and my family depend on that. So those, though difficult still at times moving on and working through was the no brainer working through was my way forward. Wow. That's, that's, that's deep. I mean, you know, so many of us find her. So it sounds like he made a decision to go a direction that didn't turn out like he expected it to. And yet, uh, you know, gosh, if we're talking about a career move, a business move, anything we do like that, that's a big deal. It's not an easy correction. And when we take that road and then find out, gosh, I'm not sure if this was best to go back or to keep going forward. It's, it's difficult. That's a hard place to be.
2: I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day that that has a business and made uh, what now appears to be some bad decisions, but at the time seemed to be the right decisions and, and kind of beating himself up about it that, you know, oh, if I just would have done this or had I not done that, this would have been better and all that. And, and, I, and I said, well, you know, did you make the best decisions with the information you had at the time? And the answer was, of course, yes. Well, then that's the best you can do. We, we can't. We don't have that crystal ball. We don't know what's coming next. And all we can do is make the right choices. And, but give yourself a little bit of, you know what, I made a mistake. Zig says failure is an event. It is not a person. So don't hold on to that that feeling of, gosh, I failed. What if I had done this different? Because you can't, you can never go back. You can never change what is, but you can learn from it and you can find something positive to come out of it so that the next time you don't make that same decision. Well, that's
1: how I like to look at it. I believe well, the word that comes up there to me is just redemption, and mm. I do have a. I mean, I think we can do that outside of a spiritual standpoint, which is really hard for me to use that word outside of my own faith. And my Bible is a redemptive story, and I've seen that in my lives. I have an older son who was kind of like Tim uh, shared a little bit ago. Uh, he was born with some medical issues, some physical issues that was nobody's real doing. He was just dealt that hand, as Gregory said mm-hmm. here, and yet we have seen such massive redemption. Now, I wouldn't go back and wish it on him. I don't think he would go back and wish it on himself, but yeah. it happened. And now to see the redemption, I mean, again, that's, that's, that's the only hope. It's either that or he lets it sideline him for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like redemption's our only hope and we all have things that are not what we would have wished. Gosh, redemption is our That's a book title right there. I should come write that book at your, at <laughs> you your event. Redemption you is we'll the get only hope. that book
2: hope. mapped out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Gosh. Yeah. I, I, that's a, a great thing to come to. Well, Gregory, thank you for bringing us to the topic of redemption.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I got one more here, Michelle. Uh, it's a fun one. Heidi Garcia, she says. I kept wanting, I think a lot of people relate to this. I kept wanting to blame my parents for not allowing me or, or maybe supporting me to go after my dreams as a professional dancer. Um, mm-hmm. I got myself to New York down, danced dance with Alvin Ailey. I uh, got to perform in a very big performance. I thought that they would see my parents would see how hard I worked and be totally behind me. They were not. Once I realized that, uh, that at that time I I was actually old enough to make my own decisions and I could have supported myself. I had to let go that I listened to people who didn't have my dreams, uh, at hand and weren't supportive. Once I did that, I was able to start making my own decisions, whether or not my parents agreed with me, all my relationships with my husband and children have grown from this. I also told my son, never listen to me. If I don't support your dreams, just go and do it. Boy, Michelle, how many people come from that.
2: Yes. Um, Whether it's go, gosh,
1: yeah. Whether it's parents, spouse, people that are close to us that I'm sure they, out of love, out of well-meaning, out of concern. I mean, my gosh, you're, you're a parent. I'm a parent. My kids have, have made choices that I'm thinking, oh man, that's not going to work out well. And uh, please let me uh, there. And what's the balance? Cause I hear what she's saying. And it's real hard to say, yeah, just go, you know, it's the movie, go and just believe in yourself and don't care about what somebody says. And yet when you're a parent to take that on and say, no, just let your kid go do whatever. Well, that, that's not even responsible as a parent. Where's the balance there? Yeah. I'll let you know when I figure that one out.
2: <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, as a parent, I, I, I've been on both sides, right? I've, I have parents that of course I have things I would love to have blamed on them. And I probably did when I was young, but now as a parent, I, I, like you just said, I know the decisions I make for my boys are not to hurt them. I mean, just like our, you know, God in heaven, he's not doing things to hurt us. It's just that we, sometimes we know better what, what they need. And mm. so I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful in this situation with Heidi, that, that a couple things happen. Number one, It sounds like she's been able to learn from that. And she says it's been a positive on her marriage and on her kids and all that. I hope, though, that she's been able to to really forgive her parents, because at the end of the day, they were doing probably what they thought was best, not in a malicious way. But one thing, and I hate to be the person to point this out, is there's a fine line between blaming somebody for doing something to you and using somebody as the scapegoat. Mm. Because I heard her say she was old enough. To make the decision herself, but yet she she made the decision to not follow her gut and follow someone else's advice. So ultimately, as an adult, she she ultimately was the one to make that decision. So I, I hope that, and, and I'm I'm reading between the lines and in, in her post there, but I'm hoping that that's what she realized and made amends with her parents on that because. At the end of the day, we are in charge of our lives and we make the choices, even if we want to blame them on somebody else, not always going to get support. We're not always going to get support, but if it's important enough to you, I don't know. It is a fine line though.
1: It is. It is. And one that we can't fully answer, but gosh, we've heard some great threads through this and, uh, you know, taking responsibility is yeah. Taking responsibility, no matter what and redeeming the bad. I, I don't know if we can come up with two better pillars for this topic. I'm just so grateful. Thank you for everybody for sharing this mm-hmm. and, uh, everything that you spoke, you spoke for, you know, 20,000 other people that'll hear this, that feel the same way or have dealt with that. And uh, this is what we need to do is surround ourselves with like-minded people who are here to overcome and get past Michelle as always such a gift to do these with you. Thanks for sharing your heart and perspective.
2: Oh, Kevin, thank you for having me.
1: I loved it. All right, friends, are you now staring blame in the face and maybe have some in your life you need to let go of and just take responsibility for? I know that I do always. So let's just go forward and do it. Hey, if you got value from the show, will you let us know? Leave a review in iTunes for The Ziggler Show and tell us what you got specifically. It's a great gift to us. Well, coming up next in show 627, I bring you a message on the power for better and worse of your tribe, Uh, the people you spend the most time with, which is something you probably heard before, but we are going to take it to a far higher level than you've ever considered. And uh, I think after the show, you will feel it is emergent that you find secure and surround yourself with a tribe. So my guest is Lori Harder. I asked Lori to join me because she has one of the top-ranked health podcasts on the planet called Earn Your Happy. She recently published a book titled A Tribe Called Bliss, and that's our focal point. Uh, But she's just massively inspiring a lot of people. Uh, She grew up in an unhealthy, uninspiring home, and it compelled her to go a radically different direction. She started off in the fitness world and ultimately became a uh, three-time fitness world champion. She's been featured on the cover of the world's top fitness magazines as a model 18 different times and published articles in those magazines as well. Well, That's great, but it all seems small uh, compared to where she's gone from there. She now has two million dollar businesses and is a self-proclaimed personal development junkie for our betterment. I mean, friends, I've read and reviewed a lot of books and hers, well, I asked for more of them. I took some home, my wife dove in, gave the books to her tribe. Lori just had Powerful insights that I'll wager you'll find yourself uh, in some areas that where you find out, oh my gosh, I am lacking, and you'll be massively empowered by Lori to pursue and conquer those areas. I mean, personally, she's got me looking once again at my personal boundaries and expectations in relationships. Those are two areas that that i still struggle with and she was just again profound in how she saw it and how she led us in gaining health in those areas so uh that's okay that's why i went after her that's why i'm bringing her to you so i get get ready to strap yourself in for that show till then folks thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together